Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Davis steps under center. Gibson and McClendon behind it. Davis with motion by Richard. will get the ball to McClendon. He leaps. Oh, he doesn't get in. He fumbled the football. Carolina holds. The game is over. And Carolina has won the game. Finley to throw. Over the middle, intercepted. Wolfuck again. Wolfuck the other way. At the 30, the 40. Wolfuck to midfield. Miles Wolfuck with the pick. The heels on the doorstep of an enormous victory. Left side of the line. Hood standing to Williams' is right. Williams going to throw. One-on-one. Davis has it. Touchdown. Carolina wins. Carolina is the Coastal Division champion. Bernard fields it at the 26. Heading to the far side. Gio at the 35. Gio, he's at the 50. No, he's not. Yes, he is. Gio is going to take it for a touchdown. Are you kidding me? Connor Barth for the possible win. Snap, spot, kick away, high enough, long enough. It's good! It's good! Carolina has won the game on a 42-yard field goal by freshman Hunter Burke. Good gosh, dirty. This is the Heel Tough Blog Podcast. Hey guys, and welcome in to this edition of the Heel Tough Blog Podcast. It's Anthony Pegnata with you guys as always, and today we welcome back one of our friends of the show. It's been a while since he's been on with us, actually uh, all the way back to last February you have to go. Uh, it's Bill Bender of the Sporting News. So Bill, uh, the last time we talked to you, man, uh, we were uh, in ignorant bliss. We had no idea what was laying uh, on the other side of us just a month later, so uh, how have you been dealing with everything that's been going on with COVID nineteen? How's the family doing, and 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 everything like that during this uh, th- these crazy times that we're having here? Uh, we we like everybody else. It was a long year. It was a challenge. It's been a challenging year. You know, when you have two kids, and uh, you have to explain to them how it's not fair to them. But they they've actually probably adjusted better than me. You know, they they wear a mask to school. They have been able to play some extracurricular activities and we're making the best of it we can like everybody else and to use a you know kind of the college football cliche and max probably used this a couple times you literally got to take it one day at a time yeah you're right about that and that's great to hear that they've been able to adjust and 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 still been able to do some things that you know we we all did when we were kids as well even during uh these times so uh, yeah, you know, look, this college football season was not easy. This was a season that uh, a lot of people at, at one time were pretty much betting against, but uh, it ends up happening, and, uh, you know, the Tar Heels did, uh, you know, about as good of a job as anybody in the country uh, when it came to taking care of the, 
themselves, keeping the guys on the field. The Tar Heels missed uh, just one game this season, and that wasn't because of them. That was uh, an outbreak uh, within the Charlotte 49er program that led to a cancellation of a game. But, uh, you know, th this Tar Heel team, I think everybody sees this season uh, not only as a success on the field, but a success uh, in the fact that they were able to get through COVID-19 relatively unscathed. But, you know, when I ask uh, Tar Heel fans, they definitely see an 8-4 and four season going to the Orange Bowl as a successful season. When you look at it from a national perspective, do you think that this is considered a, a, a positive, successful season for Tar Heel football? Absolutely. I mean, you know, the offense averaged over 40 points per game. I think that's a baseline for competing at the highest level now. I think they showed up in the Orange Bowl without some key players. Mac Brown's established a winning culture in a hurry. Um, you know, I, I know we're going to talk about Sam Howell, but I mean, part of that too was having two 1,000 yard running backs, having a defense that should get better. I, I talked to some people around the Carolina program and they think Chaz Surratt actually had a better year this year than last year. Hmm. It just maybe didn't show up in the stats. So I think they've built what he had late in his first tenure at North Carolina. And that was a program that is going to develop NFL talent is going to have success on the field. I still think they're in position, assuming Notre Dame stays out of the ACC to be the program best suited to challenge Clemson over the next few seasons. Right, and that's what we think is going to happen. You never really know at this point with Notre Dame. They seem to be a little unpredictable. But, uh, yeah, I mean, you're talking about that that offense. And, uh, you know, we'll get to Sam Howell in just a second. But I want to talk about the running backs because this year for them was just – I don't think anybody quite saw this coming. I think we knew that both of these guys were dynamic. Um, but, I mean, you're talking about a guy in Michael Carter that led the ACC in rushing. And we're talking about a conference that had some of the nation's top running backs this year. Travis Etienne was still there. Khalil Herbert came in and looked fantastic at Virginia Tech. But Michael Carter led the conference in rushing. And then you had Javante Williams, a guy who you know was up there for a while with some of the top running backs in the country in terms of rushing touchdowns and scrimmage touchdowns. Was right up there with Najee Harris of Alabama, as well as Brees Hall of Iowa State, and he just had a fantastic season, jumped onto a lot of radars for uh, some of the NFL draft guys. When you look at that backfield, there was a time earlier in the season, I remember, where they were com drawing comparisons to Reggie Bush and Lendell White. How dynamic of a backfield did the Tar Heels have this year, and how tough is that going to be to replace in the offseason? Well, I mean, you got to find that. And, I mean, obviously, there's some names out there on their depth chart now. You know, guys like British Brooks, Josh Henderson. You know, you got to recruit that position. But, yeah, what those two did, Javante and Michael, I mean, it was a tough choice for us. I mean, one of them, Javante was our second-team athlete on our All-American team, and there was a legitimate case to put him on the first team over uh, Travis Etienne. Michael Carter, you know, he's up for the Hornet Award and had a big year as well. I mean, that's really goes to show that they've developed the offensive line. Phil Longo has a fun scheme to play in, and it wasn't just the running backs. It was the receivers. It was the offensive line. It was the quarterback. And, and again, I mean, if anybody that watched Monday night, I think the baseline for building a national championship contender right now, and all you have to do is look at the score, is you have to have an offense that can put up 40 points every single week. Now, you also need a defense that gives up 25, 26 points per game. And I think that's the next stage 
for North Carolina is to be a little more consistent. I like what Jay Bateman's done. Don't get me wrong. They brought some players in on that side of the ball too. But, you know, that's where it caught him in a couple games this year. When, when you get in a shootout against any ACC team, things can happen. I mean, that's how two three-point losses happen. Yeah, and, and I, I, that's what happened a couple of times uh, this season to Carolina against Florida State, uh, against Virginia. That's an area that, uh, again, they're they're looking to improve on. And, you know, it's also uh, really helpful when you have a guy like Sam Howell at quarterback. Just another dynamic season for him this year. 3,586 passing yards, 30 uh, passing touchdowns, but also added a little bit on the ground as well. Found the end zone five times this year on the ground and really helped the that really helped the Tar Heels in the red zone this year you know when you look at Sam Howell Bill this guy is I, I without a doubt at this point is the best quarterback that's ever played for Carolina he will probably have his name uh, in the ring of honor uh, as soon as they possibly can and you know next year he comes in as a guy that's one of the Heisman favorites do you think right now, as we sit here and just off the top of your head, do you think that he's the best quarterback in the country coming back next year? I mean, right now, probably, if I was making a list today, which I'll make one eventually, I mean, he will definitely be in that discussion as a top five quarterback, a top three quarterback, probably the first quarterback taken in 2022 NFL draft at this point. Now things can change. I think uh, Sam... Anybody, you know, I've had a chance to talk to him a few times, and again, people around him, and it's the film junkie in him. You know what I mean? Like, he's always in the film room. He's always looking for details to get better. Again, these are cliches that don't really turn pages, but I think it's his work ethic, and it showed up. And uh, he was healthier this year. So he put up numbers. He's efficient, makes good decisions with the football, and um, there's not much not to like if that makes sense i mean he checks just about every box for a franchise quarterback and the next step again will be seeing if he can lead north carolina to something more in 2021 yeah and i think he definitely has a chance but as you mentioned the defense is what has to be able to get him there when you look at the defensive side of the ball, we saw late in the year in some of the games, even in the Orange Bowl you saw it, but I think primarily when you look back at the game against, uh, or the game, excuse me, against Notre Dame and Miami, you saw some really bright young stars, guys like Tony Grimes, guys like Jaquarius Conley that stepped up and really had big, big games and showed a lot that, you know, this future is about as bright as it gets when it comes to this defense. I mean, we're talking about defenses a couple of years ago with Larry Fedora that couldn't stop the run to save their life. So, you know, when you look at that side of the ball for Carolina, where do you think they need to improve the most to be able to become one of those defenses that can get them into the conversation of a team on the outside of the college football playoff? You know, just again, like mentioning against those shootout type games, I mean, where anything can happen, you, you got to get a stop here or there. Um, you mentioned losing Surratt. That's not going to be easy. They gave up about, I think, a little over four yards per carry on a defense, 154 yards. I mean, when you give up more than 400 yards of total offense in a game, I mean, you're going to have some issues so i think it's just cutting down the number of possessions for other teams getting off the field a little bit sooner third down percentage i mean those are all things that jay bateman will undoubtedly emphasize in the off season now uh, you probably answer this because I, I haven't seen so um fox is coming back right the linebacker 
Yes, Taman Fox is coming back uh, next year, uh, as well as Tyrone Hopper, uh, who played opposite of him for most of the year. So that's a good start. You get a guy like that to build the defense around, and then uh, I, I, Grimes is obviously a highly recruited player. And then they're bringing in another loaded recruiting class. I mean, that's something that you're going to have freshmen with four and five stars that play immediately. And that can work both ways. Clemson had some guys that are super talented freshmen on the field early, and they, they had ups and downs. And when you play young guys like that, that's kind of the deal, on, especially on defense. Freshmen might get beat up a little bit, but then they grow into be really good players. And I think that's probably what they're going to have to do again in 2021. Yeah, and, and I think that, you know, there's a chance that some of these guys can come in and really succeed. Um, you know, Tario fans know the names. And, you know, for, you know, Chaz Surratt being gone, I think, you know, the other thing that we, we saw in the bowl game that was really, really encouraging was Eugene Asante looks like he can be a guy that can be productive in the middle of that defense. He also has the ability to get out and cover. So we'll see how interesting uh, or what what type of, uh, you know, ability they he's able to show uh, in whatever role they use him in next year. Um, so, we'll, you know, last thing I'll ask you before we get you out of here, 2021 uh, is looked at as a pretty big year for Carolina. You know, this is probably, as you mentioned, with him possibly being uh, the number one quarterback on the 2022 draft boards, this is probably the last year of Sam Howell in Chapel Hill. And it feels like this is a guy that is, you know, has one of the best careers uh, of anybody to play for Carolina. And you really don't want it to go to waste. You know, when you look at this team in, in 21, you guys have them 14th in uh, your way too early top 25. Do you think that this is a team that if enough things were to go right and the schedule looks like it's it's stacking up to give them an opportunity, do you think that they are a team that has the pieces to be able to challenge for a chance to play in the college football playoff next year? Yeah, I mean, I think two kind of party crashers I would call them that I'm watching they're one because of Powell because of the offense because we've seen them challenge Clemson on the field and now the schedule again the the Notre Dame game playing Miami playing Notre Dame uh, still got to win the Coastal and and those are things that will definitely pop up through the season I think the big thing for North Carolina I've said this for two years is now that you've had success Max got to preach every week success you can't have that that's the difference with Clemson, Ohio State, Bama. They they have success every week, and, and they've got more talent than everybody else to do it. Uh, but North Carolina's one, and the other is uh, Iowa State program that had everybody come back. They've got a good quarterback in Brock Purdy, too. They've got a good running back. Their tight end came back, and uh, it's about taking that run at Oklahoma. So they're kind of the two teams outside of the so-called every-year powers mm-hmm. that I'm watching the most most closely. Well, I think you're going to excite a lot of people uh, going forward here for the next uh, couple of weeks after they listen to this edition of the podcast, Bill. But uh, we greatly appreciate you stopping by, man. Uh, we, we always love having you on. You're one of the favorites of the show, man. We're so glad that we can call you a friend of the podcast. Uh, so just tell people wherever where, where they can check your stuff out, where they can follow you on Twitter, everything like that, man. Yeah, I'm at BillBender92 at SportingNews.com. And, uh, Thank you for having me on. I'm always excited to talk about North Carolina. They're a program that's been good to me. Mac's been good to me. And uh, you, as a fan, you know, uh, take off the journalist hat for a second. When, when you have a nice guy like that, you tend to root for him a little bit. 
All right. Hey, man, thank you so much. We really appreciate it, man. Uh, I love reading everything that you got, you guys have over there at the Sporting News, especially your stuff, man. Got to always check out anything that Bill Bender puts out. So uh, make sure you guys are keeping an eye on that. He should have some really great stuff in the offseason, and it will have a lot of Carolina flavor uh, throughout. So, uh, hey, man, take care. We'll definitely talk to you again before the season uh, when we find out a little bit more about this Carolina team um, and, uh, you know, find out a little bit more about the opponents that they're going to be facing, but uh, it should be a very exciting offseason for Carolina and throughout college football. So take care, stay healthy during this time, and we'll talk to you then. All right, man? Okay. Sounds good. Thank you. All right. That is Bill Bender of the Sporting News stopping by with us. Uh, and as you heard, there are a lot of expectations for the Tar Heels uh, as we go into the offseason of 2021. A lot of guys uh, that are coming back, a couple of guys that aren't coming back, though, uh, have found their transfer destinations. You got two Tar Heels that are going to uh, Temple University, former Tar Heels, I should say. Uh, defensive lineman Zach Gill, uh, who's, you know, played a little bit of a role at defensive tackle, a little bit of a role at defensive end. He's going to go uh, play there. Former four-star standout from Wake Forest High School, so you feel like he's a guy that can go there and potentially have success. Same thing with Lancine Ture. He is going to join Zach Gill there. Another defensive uh, lineman, uh, typically a defensive end. Really didn't see a whole lot of action in his career at Carolina, but both guys will head on to Temple and try to finish out their careers with a bang there. Meanwhile, a guy that did see a lot of action. Our 2020 Comeback Player of the Year on the podcast, Patrice Rene, he has found his transfer destination. He is going to play for Rutgers. That is the school he was originally committed to before he decommitted and eventually committed to Carolina to play uh, the first five years of his college career. He'll now go on to Rutgers to finish out his final year of eligibility with Greg Schiano and the Scarlet Knights. The Tar Heels, they dipped into the transfer portal as well, and we are expecting to uh, have a guest on later this evening to try to tell us a little bit about running back Ty Chandler. The Tar Heels uh, going out finding uh, a great addition for their backfield. This is a guy that was extremely productive, nearly 4,000 yards uh, of all-purpose uh, yardage while he was at Tennessee. Uh, a guy that was extremely productive would come in as one of the most experienced and productive backs in the ACC immediately when he joins the conference. So Carolina, uh, you know, th this is a team that's showing that they are committed to winning now. This is not a team that's, you know, going to let a position group dip. They're going to bring in a talented guy like this, and one of two things could happen. Either he could really take off, have a great senior year, be extremely productive, help this Toriel team out, or at the least, he's going to come in there and at least bring some competition to that backfield, try to motivate that group of young guys that they have back there. Uh, this is a really, really good move for Carolina. That was the biggest concern probably of the entire offseason. I think a lot of people were really, really confident that the Tar Heels were going to be able to uh, find something at wide receiver to replace De'Ami Brown and Daz Newsom's production. Maybe not kind of fit the mold that they are, but you still feel confident in guys like Choffrey Brown, guys like Josh Downs uh, that can come in and, and have some success. 
But this is a big one to get him, and we're going to talk uh, hopefully to a member, uh, a guy that you know covers uh, the, uh, the the volunteers in depth, and find out a little bit more about what exactly Ty Chandler is bringing to the table. So make sure that you guys keep an eye out for that here uh, over the next uh, couple of uh, days. I think it should be out sometime either early tomorrow, uh, may may even be able to sneak it up late tonight, but we'll have to just wait and see on that uh and trying to think if there's any other major news that we really need to get out there that i'm just blanking on i think that's really it for right now uh do oh one thing that we do want to say uh is congratulations to harris barton the former offensive tackle for the tar heels uh back in the mid 80s he is officially uh inducted into the college football Hall of Fame. He was one of 13 people that were selected on this year's uh, inductee list. Uh, so congratulations to Harris. Uh, what a what, what a just great career for him. Uh, not only on the field uh, with the Tar Heels and with the San Francisco 49ers, but also after he got off the field. Uh, so congratulations to him. He becomes the ninth Tar Heel to be inducted into the College Football Hall of Fame. The sixth player joining Dre Bly. Charlie Choo Choo Justice, uh, William Fuller, and uh, a couple of other guys uh, from the older days that maybe you guys aren't as familiar with, uh, but still uh, extremely, extremely worthy uh, Tar Heels to go into uh, the College Football Hall of Fame in both. Uh, Art, Art, Art Wiener, and then another guy that you should know, Don McCauley, as well as head coaches Jim Tatum, Carl Snavely, and of course, the guy that is in place right now, Mac Brown. So, that wraps it up for this edition of the podcast. Make sure you guys head over to the website, HeelToughBlog.com. Uh, you guys can check out uh, all the great stuff that we have up there. We're in the offseason for football, but believe it or not, we're still churning away. We're still uh, putting out a ton of articles. We've had, of course, a ton of transfer news here, uh, whether it's been guys entering the transfer portal, tutorials uh, bringing in guys from the transfer portal. So make sure you guys go and check that out. we got a great article up there on the website about Ty Chandler. Uh, we'll tell you what, uh, you know, from watching his film, from seeing his production, what we think he's going to bring to the table for the Tar Heels uh, this upcoming season in that backfield, as well as, uh, you know, we got a couple other really good articles up there for the end of the season. We've got, of course, the final grades. That's something that we do every single year, so make sure you guys check that out. The stock report is something that is going to be valid throughout the entire offseason. Uh, the stock report that we had after the bowl game, because there are uh, some guys that are trending up that will be heading into next year coming off of a real confidence booster. Guys like Eugene Asante starting his first career game, playing extremely well. There's a couple other guys on there. We're not going to tell you. We want you to go read the article. So make sure you go to the website and check that out, as well as all the great basketball coverage. Carolina basketball looking like maybe, just maybe, it's rounding into form. Three straight wins in the ACC. A big win the other night against uh, a team that, you know, at least is middle of the road in the ACC. At least will be competing to make the NCAA tournament in Syracuse. So, Carolina gaining a little bit of confidence, and we have you covered on that front. And then, of course, guess what's right around the corner, guys? Baseball season. Last year, we started a little bit of baseball coverage, but unfortunately, COVID-19 hit. 
This year, we're going to still bring you some light baseball coverage. It's not going to be as in-depth as the other sports, but still, we're going to have some pretty good baseball coverage for you guys on the Heel Tough Blog website, so make sure that you guys are keeping an eye out for that, HeelToughBlog.com. The other great way to check out all of that is on the Facebook page, Heel Tough Blog on Facebook. Make sure you like and follow the Facebook page, and that also works for the podcast, because when you do that, it's going to update you whenever we put out a new video. It'll give you the notification that we are going to premiere a video uh, at a certain time, and it'll actually tell you also when it goes live. You guys can click in, listen, uh, or watch your latest edition of the Heel Tough Vlog podcast. Uh, and then, uh, you know, for the people that listen to the podcast exclusively, wherever you listen to it, whether it's Spotify, uh, iHeartRadio, Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, wherever, make sure that you rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. The rating and reviewing helps move us up. Some of those leaderboards uh, when it comes to North Carolina Tarial Podcast, whenever people search that, It'll help people find the podcast a little bit more easily that maybe haven't been able to find it just yet. And a subscribe, that's for you because it goes right into your podcast library whenever we put out a new edition of the show. So whenever that new edition where we break down you know, what to expect from Ty Chandler, whenever we talk to Jones Angel, that's coming up actually tomorrow. Make sure that you guys are keeping an eye out for that. Jones will be stopping by with us uh, as well. That'll probably go up on Saturday. All that stuff will go right into your podcast library so that you don't miss it the minute that it is available. So, we want to thank Bill Bender for stopping by with us. We want to thank you guys for watching and listening. And as always, go Tar Heels! <laughs>